Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. From the beginning of motion picture history, Hollywood has tried to show you what the afterlife is really like. Good afternoon and welcome to Judgment City. Do you have any idea what's going on? No. Well, in a nutshell, you're here to defend your life, and I'm going to help you. Defend my life? Finally. Wow. The first true story of what happens after you die. Where am I? Is this heaven? No, it isn't heaven. Is it hell? Actually, there is no hell. Although I hear Los Angeles is getting pretty close. carry yourself very stiffly leave me alone i'm dead that's life albert brooks you make me think of my little cooler meryl street i think i might have been a heavy set man at one time (laughs) rip torn lee grant buck henry in a new film by albert brooks so i'm on trial for being afraid well first of all i don't like to call it a trial second of all yes if you see one movie before you die i love you i love you this is damn exciting stuff see defending your life most people love it some it makes nauseous (laughs) don't worry about it You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Unmute. Hello. How are you? <laughs> How's y'all doing out there? Welcome to Movie Sucktastic. That's right. That's right. This week we're going to review Defending Your Life. Uh, 
my challenge to Scott. Defending oh, yes. your life is on trial. It is. That movie sucktastic. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Hold on a second. Now uh, what? Hold on. I'm adjusting. Adjust this. Come on. What are you doing? I actually, I, I have a, I have a, a viewer complaint. Uh, it was, really? it was, it was, po it was pointed out to me that during the show, if you're watching the live stream, uh, video cast, whatever the fuck you want to call it of the show. Yeah. Watching us, uh, vi visually as opposed to orally, I am facing front and talking and talking to my cell phone as it goes off in the background. Cause I have not turned the volume down. Uh, <laughs> I am talking forward towards the audience, towards the camera. They're looking at the screen. I'm looking back at them. You, however, are constantly at a 45-degree angle, ignoring everybody and just, uh, you know, looking at something off in the distance. Yeah, that's the way I like it. Yeah, you need to. You need to. You need to. I don't need to do shit. You do. You, <laughs> we need. We need to be facing. Facing. No. No. <laughs> I don't. I'll think about it. How about that? How about at least when you're talking to this, to, to, talking? You, you Listen, can, like, I got a lot of pots boiling over here. All right, you know, just, just don't give me any shit. Just, just a lot of pots over. boiling over here. Just glance over at the audience when you when you're talking. That's all. Just the occasional. Let them know that you're, you know, you 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 know they're there. Oh, is that it? That's all. It's just a little. They just want to feel loved. Well, <sighs> I don't know. We'll see. Hi, everybody. How are you? See, there you go. Don't you feel better? I don't. I really don't. You should. You should. No, I don't. And not for anything, but the the box of, of me, what is it? Two inches by three inches? Uh -huh. Is it really that big of a deal? Well, it's two inches by three inches big of a deal. I'll tell you what. The webcam is here. Now that I have two full-size widescreen monitors here... I can move it there. You know what? I'll do it right now. How about that? That, let's, that would be ducky. Let, let's, let's play techie right now. All right? Let's do that. Let, let's fuck around with it. For those listening, imagine Joey moving stuff on his desk. That's right. Oh, yeah. Here's a good view of my hand. You like that? I like it. Here's my hand. Here, now, we're, now we match. <sighs> How's that? Here, I got to see what that looks like. That's much better. Look at that. Is that Just better? Zoom in a bit on you. I could zoom in. It the the, the background is le slightly less messy now than it was previously. <laughs> All right. Is everyone fucking happy now? Man, you're you're in your basement. I'm in my attic. This is like two levels of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Ooh. I'm being looked down upon. I'm I'm still now. I I'm I'm probably being a bit over exuberant right now i'm just coming uh it's, i'm still getting over uh a double extraction uh of, of good my teeth. <laughs> shut up <laughs> and it's it's taking very a very long time to heal so i'm currently in a little pain just a uh, little. so Not i'm gonna bad. try to keep the, the the jabbering down so i'm gonna let you do some more talking than normal oh great well, this is your film. This is what you wanted to see. You like this I movie. I love this movie. I, I truly I, do. And I do not hate this film. Let me just say that. And I didn't think you would. But I was hoping that after maybe another viewing, you'd, you'd really get or at least remember just how good it really is. 
Well, I will say this. I'm glad you had me watch the film because it does remind me that watching something 20 years later as a 40-year-old, um, I, I am watching the film on a different level, and I do appreciate things in the film that I did before. I still have my problems with the film, but okay. I do appreciate it more so now uh, than I did when I was younger and thought it was just stupid. Oh, you did. You didn't like it at one point. No, I, I I thought it was just kind of lame when I was younger, and I still think it's lame a little bit, but not much. Okay, all right. But I I do have more appreciation for what was trying to be done there, and you know that comes into play. Okay. And we'll we'll discuss that a little bit. All right. Um. And and it's it. Uh, what's to be said about um? I mean, just individual performances. Rip Torn, probably. I don't want to say my absolute favorite performance by him ever, but it is, it's up there. Um, Captain Scully from uh, Summer Rental is one of my all-time favorite Rip Torn performances. This one is. Um, After the career that man's had, you're going to bring up Summer Rental. <laughs> yeah, I am. Wow. <laughs> I'd almost say you'd be a fool not to challenge it to me, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, that's right. I have to challenge you something back, don't I? Uh, you did. You didn't. You didn't do any no, homework, did you? No, you didn't. No, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. You got something yeah. on mine? Okay. Uh huh. Um, is it taxi driver? No. No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I challenge this to Scott because of. Oh, I can't remember her name now, but I have the IMDb up. The actress. Um, her name is. Uh, look at me. Ha ha. Unprepared. No, I'm not unprepared. Well, kind of. Unprepared. Lee Grant. Lee Grant. She was right. in Visiting Hours, which Scott challenged to me last week. And I was going back and forth with myself with who she was. I knew she looked familiar, and her voice was really familiar. And then all of a sudden, you know, it hit me that she was one of the, the attorneys in Defending Your Life. And she was the one prosecuting Albert Brooks to try and send him back to earth to try again uh to you know to live another uh, a life so that uh, he cuz the whole plot of the film is that when you die you go to this place called Judgment City where you you which is which is kind of a purgatory in a sense yeah oh yeah um and you go there to defend your life they look at x amount of days uh and you will uh you know, have a defending attorney, you'll have a prosecuting attorney. And the whole point is, are you ready to move on? You know, are you ready to uh, take that next step past uh, the, the life that you just led? And if, you, if you're if you not, you'll go back to Earth and you try it again. So that that is, you know, in a nutshell, uh, the plot, or I should say, the uh, what Judgment City is. Which right, and it's I think is a brilliant concept. I really do. Well well, it's an interesting concept because it's taking your typical heaven, you know, idea of heaven, mm -hmm. and removing it, uh, removing it from uh, excuse me, Judeo-Christian uh, concepts of uh, you know the afterlife, and kind of it doesn't replace it, but it mixes it up with your more Hindu-related uh, aspects of uh, reincarnation and you know eternal life over and over again. So that's interesting in itself, and that's one thing that really set it apart for me watching it now as an adult <laughs> with thoughts and being 40 <laughs> years old and closer to death 
you know, <laughs> it brings that thought up too. Now, uh, in the film Riptorn, which by the way, one of our viewers just pointed out that Riptorn uh, Mayax in Beastmaster. Oh God, that's right. Which I totally forgot about, so I'm embarrassed. Holy shit! And I think uh, didn't you mention Beastmaster last week? That could have been a challenge, anyway. Okay, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. I, I think so. Yeah. But that's now, so, uh, crazy. Rip, Rip Torn's character in the film, he, he when it's introduced through him that the whole idea that uh, he says, the whole idea, the whole purpose of being human and and becoming a spirit and moving on is of becoming smarter the whole idea is moving on and growing as an individual and they put a lot on the whole smart thing they call uh they call uh newly dead people little brains uh they only use three percent of their brain more than that later and yeah uh, Rip Torn used like 47% of his brain or something 48, like that. 48%. 48% and, you know, 50% of their brains. And the whole and they said the whole idea is you need to become smarter. And, and one of the things they do when they test them in Judgment City is to make see if they have overcome fear. Because fear is one of the big things that holds you back from becoming smarter. And what I like about it is, be, is that Albert Brooks is a layered filmmaker. You watch all of his films and there is a lot in there about you know, human growth and human uh, development, uh, personal growth. And even though they put the emphasis on smart and they make jokes later on about, you know, how, how'd you know it was hers? That you're not getting the whole big brain thing, are you? There's a lot of that <laughs> joking, but, and, you know, he's reading binary on his, uh, on his, on his papers instead of letters because they're smart so they can read binary code. But that kind of masks what they're saying because, because they're saying smart and you're thinking smart as in smart people, you know, intelligent, knowing things, uh, you know, facts and memorization, things like that. But what they're really getting at is smart as in self-realization and self-knowledge. Growing, being coming smarter really means becoming more aware and more in tune with yourself. I mean, at one point, uh, Riptorn's eating uh, the smart people food. Right. And, and Albert Brooks tries something that tastes horrendous. And he says, you know, would when you're using this much of your brain, you can manipulate your senses, meaning you can control how you feel and experience things, which means you become more in tune with yourself. So there's a metaphor there hiding under the jokes and the humor about the big brains and the little brains, the whole idea that to grow spiritually, you need to understand yourself and understand why the reasons you do things, which is the sole purpose of this whole trial thing that Albert Brooks character, Daniel goes through in the film. Right. And, uh, and not to, you know, uh, trump anything you just said, but you, you overlooked one of the best lines in the film when he is eating that, and Albert Brooks is like, "Come on, just come on, let me try it." He's like, "You're not, you're not gonna like it." He's like, "Come on, just let me try it." He goes, "All right, go ahead and try it," and he almost vomits right there, and he's kind of, kind of tastes like shit, huh? <laughs> Gotta love Rip fucking Torn. Gotta well, I, love I, I, well, you know, again, and Albert, that, that Albert Brooks wrote the film, obviously, too. Oh, yeah. Right. It's got that kind of those lines too, where where, where Rip Torn says, uh, I, "I I tell you where I'm going, but you wouldn't understand." I don't mean that as an insult. I mean you literally wouldn't understand. <laughs> or how about when he's late, and he's like, yeah. uh, "He's like, why were you late?" He goes, uh, "You wouldn't understand." He's like, "No, why why were you late? Come on, you can tell me. Stop treating me like a moron." And he and I forget exactly what he said. I, I have an I, audio I, clip I know of it. it. Okay, go ahead. I, I, let me see if I can remember it. 
Uh, I was trapped on the outer layer, uh, the outer circle of fault. Thought. I think, I thought it was fault. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's thought, now that you've well, reminded me. Well, I we, have the we, audio we clip. Oh yeah, we'll play it. I have audio from the movie. Do you want to play movie. that right now? Yeah, sure, let me see if I can find it. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> well, get ready, goddammit. I, I wasn't pots ready. Going. Which I got, pot is that? I got, I got lots of pots going. Uh, oh, you know what? It's in um. It's in a tribute video where it's got like a bunch of different like great oh. scenes from it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So you're not prepared. I am, <laughs> but I'm not. Ow! Ow! That hurt. <laughs> um, I do have so the yeah, little br- little brain scene. If you want to listen to that. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's go with yeah. the little brain scene. Use as much of your brain as possible. For example, I use 48% of my brain. Do you know how much you use? Turn it up. 47? <laughs> three. I'm sorry? Three. I use 3% of my brain? Yes, don't worry about it. Everybody on Earth uses 3% of their brain. 3 to 5%. That's why they're there. 3? 3%? 3%? You mean nobody on Earth uses more than that? When you use more than 5% of your brain, you don't want to be on Earth, believe me. (laughs) Now, being from Earth as you are and using as little of your brain as you do, your life has pretty much been devoted to dealing with fear. It has? Well, everybody on Earth deals with fear. That's what little brains do. What are little brains? That's what we call you folks behind your back. No, Rip, Rip Torn's delivery makes the character, and you can, you you you, you can almost think. Oh wait, 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 wait! This is the. <laughs> oh my God! A little like horse shit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? All right, and then that's like a best of. So okay. A little. Yeah, you, know, you 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 can almost you can almost feel that the the character was written for Rip Torn by Albert Brooks. Oh yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it with. Uh, the relationship that Albert Brooks had with Larry Sanders, not, not Larry mm-hmm. Sanders, Gary Shandling, but then Rip Torn went on to go do the Larry Sanders show. Uh, you know, it's all this like inner circle. Sure. So yeah, I wouldn't doubt if he he wrote it exactly in mind for him. Hmm. So. Um, yeah. It, 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 that spirituality aspect of the film does take a to- take a you know lend more to the movie watching it now now one thing i did read about is the scene where he's in the nightclub in in up uh, in uh judgment city where the comedian's on stage doing poorly and he asks him how did you die and he said on stage like you right apparently albert brooks father actually died on stage while doing a, a roast oh no shit i didn't know that and then at, and then later when he says oh i can't leave that's my father so it's like a really kind of dark inside joke with himself putting that in the film but also, I mean, it, it's taking the humor and showing the underlying uh, realization of mortality in there. You know, so there's right. a lot of deep stuff going on on that level. Huh. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I like when cool you dig up little... little no, 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 no. That, that how... Never, you know what I mean. Jesus. I know. I know. <laughs> um... One of the other things that I always, and it was probably because I grew up as a little fat kid, you know, uh, was the fact that you could eat anything, you don't gain weight, 
You could just totally overindulge on anything. And I always thought that was kind of a neat aspect. That, you know what, if you die, you should be able to do that. Why the fuck not? That's one of the problems I had with the film. No. Yeah. No. Because it's, it, it just seems... Everything is just tastes so fucking good. Uh, it comes out you know, fast. You don't, you don't have but, to wait. But there's such an emphasis put on that above anything else yeah. that it feels like an easy joke, and it's not even that funny. No, it's and really also not. The, I, and the, also the idea of uh, seeking spiritual enlightenment, enlightenment while at the same time gorging yourself, uh, one of the seven deadly sins, just seems out of character. Well, I think the and reason, and again, I'm speculating, but I think one of the reasons why he did that is because on Earth, you know, you're in this body, and you, you know, you're told, and you should, you know, eat healthier and exercise, and now. you know, try and do all that. And it's like, you know what? When you're, you're dead, well, yes, but when you're dead, it's all of that's thrown out the window. You don't I have to worry I, about it anymore. I think it's really in there just to give, uh, uh, uh fucking losing my mind here. You okay. Yeah. Um. What the fuck? What's her name? Oh. What Meryl Streep? Meryl Streep. How am I forgetting Meryl Streep? Yeah, because she's not listed. You know why? Because she's not listed on the fucking cast. Of course she is. I'm. Uh, I'm looking at the IMDb list, and her name is not there. Yes, under it cast. Is. It's you gotta click. It's you gotta click to extend it. Right. How did the waitress get billing over her in there? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't know how the, she's the lead actress, and well, and it's she's in not order. On the front page. I'm assuming that means by appearance in the film. No, sometimes they, sometimes they, they, they do that. They, but no, but first build cast overview, first no, no, build no. only. I mean, she was she wasn't billed ahead of the waitress. No, I think the IMDb listing is doing it the way they did it in the film, where it's in order by appearance. Like all cast of these overview. other. All of these other people were before her in the film, right? In parentheses, next to cast. Cast overview, first build only. She should be at the top there. That's how they do it. What I'm anyway, looking at, after I extend it, it says cast, in credits order, verified is complete. Or yeah, that's the most important thing is more. in that's credits you order. See more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's different. That's not, not what I'm talking about. I know anyway. that's not what you're talking about, but obviously that's the way IMDb IMDb did it once it's you extend wrong. the cast. I'm and not saying it's right. <laughs> Meryl, I think the whole eating thing was put there to give Meryl Streep something to do as the female lead of the film. Meryl Streep, in an interview, said that she did not feel that Albert Brooks had written a uh, a full female character here, but she took it because she... she you know, she thought the film was kind of cute, and she, you know, she was had something, didn't have anything else to do. But she's, it's, she, she pretty much said it, it was a weak female character. But she did it regardless, and it is a weak female character. There's really nothing holding her character together except the little things that are supposed to be cute to Albert Brooks's character, and one of those is the fact that oh, she's a woman that's li- loves to eat, and hmm. it, it's 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 really almost like they it was just done to give her something else to do. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, I don't. I don't think consciously like that's you know what he said, but I, th- I think it's how it incorporated into the. It feels like it's how it incorporated into that. Right now, if 
and now one thing I can say is, is when you're watching the film and you're thinking about this kind of humor about death and everything, Woody Woody Allen comes to mind, and you, and I, I you know started thinking to myself you know what I, I could see Woody Allen doing this type of film. What do you think? Oh yeah, oh, I I didn't I didn't realize you left the gap for me to talk. Um, d- definitely. Uh, oh, and again, again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and that, and that's absolutely right. I mean, uh, you could you could see Woody Allen doing his own little take on this, or just even films that he has done where it has like little elements like this and you can definitely and plus albert brooks is from the same you know era as woody allen you know they're both kind of directing their own feature films around the same time albert brooks did a you know some more major features a little bit after but um and i think they also know each other pretty well too oh Uh, sure they're they're chums well and but the one thing i will say is when you know following that that train of logic Albert Brooks's humor is very low-key, very subtle. Uh, so he's not going for a lot of big gags. Whereas Woody Allen, if he had done it, you could definitely see it more of the uh, you know packed one-liners, uh, sight gags. It, it would have been a lot... It, there would have been more going on. It would have been busier. With a lot of cheap shots. Yeah, and I don't know if I would have preferred that over this, oh, personally. No. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Albert Brooks... Uh, you, you get that kind of feel that it would be something that Woody Allen would do, but he definitely wouldn't take the, the kind of subtle approach. And then maybe that's the one thing that kills the film. is me, and, and The fact that it turns into a, a, a love story is maybe a bit too subtle of an approach because it becomes yeah, a yeah. bit... Uh, I mean, cause, again, there's not much there. There's no real... I mean, what chemistry is there between the two of them besides just... Uh, you know, again, Meryl Streep, there's not much to it. The, Albert Brooks yeah. is the full-rounded character. And, and and this for me anyway, this is as close to a rom com as I'm ever gonna get. Ever. Um this and this is one of my absolute all time favorite films ever. I would like the bet that one of the idea that the concept of the film came from an idea of having heaven being like a screening room. Because, you know, he's in, he's in Hollywood, you know, the whole thing about screening, the screening rooms and watching right. the dailies, that kind of thing. And the idea of taking heaven and having it, when you go to heaven, you just watch dailies from your life. Sure. I mean, and it, I, I, it yeah, sounds I, totally plausible. Well, because it's very similar to what they do. Is in the film, they, yeah. they, they have to defend their life by watching uh, footage from their, because all, all, all lives are filmed. And then you have to go back and watch key segments that either prove support or are against the concept of you having grown as a human being or becoming smarter at overcoming fear. Right. And, and I have, now, uh, I do have some audio that does a couple of those. Things. I don't have like a ton. I just have a okay. couple of my, like my favorite scenes, like, uh, in the sushi bar where mm-hmm. he goes and he talks to the guy next to him and they're talking about how many days each other has. And, uh, he, he orders some sushi. I have that scene. Um, and I have, um, uh, I have the restaurant scene, which I have mainly because the waiter, what? I don't know. They just don't seem like that funny of scenes. I don't know. Well, the reason I picked the, the, the restaurant one is because I always found the waiter to be overly Italian. <laughs> well, of course, that's because you're Italian. But it, it falls into the, you know, Papa Giuseppe, I should be getting angry, uh, part of the show that sometimes we do. Uh huh. 
I've always enjoyed that scene. I don't know why. The banter back and forth between the two, I always found it funny. Um, I don't have to play any audio. <laughs> You're going to ruin it for everyone. I don't Sorry. ruin it for everyone. I'm just, I'm just, you know. Here. Well, I mean, uh, the, the, what? Well, I was just going to play the sushi scene and call it, you know, and call it. Okay. <laughs> All right, here. Here's the sushi scene. Where's my video? This is going wonderfully. There's no video. It's just audio. Oh, for Christ's sakes. Well, scratch that. I'm going to have to. Yep. It'll work in VLC player. Now, but you, I, you won't be able to hear it, though. Never mind. The, I, it. the idea that they, they, uh, that they sit in the this little viewing room and, and watch scenes from their life and they have to explain themselves. Right. I like that. The one thing I wish they ha he hadn't done in the screenplay, because it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, is th they focus on fear being the one thing that all humans have to overcome. And for me, it would have made a bit more sense if it was just specifically something that he had to overcome and that everybody has their own demons that they had to overcome while they're, you know, to grow. That would have made a bit more sense to me. I, I can see that. I can yeah, see having, that. Yeah, having having fear as a universal constant it just doesn't gel that much to me. They kind of just explain it away matter-of-factly. I mean, I, I, I could definitely see your, your point with that. Um, but I... To be... You know, a lot of people are... You know, fear is, is a big big thing amongst right, a lot of not, people. So it works. It definitely yeah, works. It, it's too much of a broad base for it to say all of humanity, everyone that comes here, we have to... You know, make sure that they overcame fear when there are so many other things to overcome. And each person, again, each person has their own specific thing. Some people might not be fear, but it might be something else holding them back spiritually. Right. I mean, it works for Albert Brooks's character, and it works for the film, but I don't think it works as a grand scope. This is this is you know this is it. I also love the whole idea of the afterlife being bureaucracy. Yeah, sure. And it kind of plays into the idea. Um, I'm gonna compare this to another film that you probably are not gonna expect anyway. Uh, but I, <laughs> well, they say when he when he when he finally makes it to Judgment City and he says, "Oh, it looks familiar." He says, yeah, we did that on purpose. You know, we want to make you feel more comfortable. Uh, and I, I going delving more. You know, they're saying, "Oh, we made everything so it seems comfortable. We try to make it feel more like Earth." And in some way, I like to think that it goes beyond that. Where the reason there is a bureaucracy that takes care of this is that's what we're used to. We're used to being judged and having to go through a bureaucracy and go through red tape and answer to people and that's how in but really what's happening is you're doing it yourself you're judging yourself and, every, and the whole thing is just a huge you know uh act put on uh to allow you to make you do it and if you think of that th i mean in the film they'll show scenes where he's doing bad stuff or you know or you know showing fear or making bad decisions and rip torn comes up with these ludicrous oh see he was being noble and he agrees oh uh, yeah yeah i was being noble and it's like it's all a trick it's you know rip torn's putting up these these obviously false arguments and he's backing them and by him backing these false arguments it makes him realize that they're false arguments good point so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna disagree with any of that uh I'm not sure if it's intended, but taking that concept one further and also com comparing it to another film that involves the afterlife, 
and and uh, moving on to the next level, Jacob's Ladder. I was going to try and guess, and... Oh, sorry. No, 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 that, I, and I wasn't going to guess that one. <laughs> well, I don't know what... I, I don't know what I was going to guess, but it definitely wasn't going to be Jacob's Ladder. I was going to think about it for a minute, (laughs) see if I could guess. I I rewatched it recently and did some reading on it. And and again, the whole concept of Jacob's Ladder is that this reality he's in is actually like, you know, the the pathway to heaven or like purgatory or whatever. And even these demons that are pursuing him and, and harassing him seem like demons because they're trying to make him let go of the past and once he lets go of the past he's able to move on and so they're actually not demons you know that's the whole double play and you can take the same thing and apply it to defending your life where these the people that are supposedly judging him are really trying to make him judge himself and come to terms with himself so he can accept it go beyond it and move on so the bureaucracy isn't really a bureaucracy. I'm making the film much more complicated than it needs to be. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you talk, and you, you, you really are. <laughs> you, you're hurting my head here. <laughs> and, 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 and here's the crazy part, and this is why I love you. You're not wrong with any no, of this that. stuff. I know that. And, and don't take this the wrong way, but I don't care. <laughs> Well, this is where I gained enjoyment from the film. Oh, I understand. I understand. Believe me, I I get it. Um, Now, where the film fails for me, uh, two parts where the film fails for me. Unless you had something else to go in what I was talking about. Not really. I mean, just just uh, it it makes you look at it in a you know. You're right. As you get older, you watch this film again. You look. I I watched it again. I looked at it not differently, but. I, you catch little things that you maybe didn't understand, you know, 15, 20 years ago the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I get older, you're right. You look at it a little differently. You get things. Uh, you might notice, oh, this is the <laughs> this is the scene where it's like, oh, that's my father on stage. Um, mm-hmm. But you do, you do get things differently as you get older, and this film is a real testament to that. Um, sure. Well, like one thing that never occurred to me before is uh, when he's talking to Rip Torn about uh, Judgment City and how everything works, and he asks him, "What about how come you know? What about the children?" And Rip Torn says, Ch- uh, "Children don't have to defend themselves; they get a clear pass. They go, they move right on." So you know, children aren't reincarnated; they, yeah, they immediately like, move on to the next stage. Isn't that nice? <laughs> nice. Now, if that's the case, where children are uh, pretty much given a free pass, obviously because they haven't had enough time to you know learn, grow, etc. So you can't really make them defend the brief time they've had. How come scenes from Daniel's childhood are admissible as evidence in his trial? Uh, the the only thing I can go on with that is because he's led an entire life. Those scenes, even though he's young, and even though he's he hasn't lived long enough at that exact moment, that attributes to what he's done later in life. If let's say, you know, he had let's say passed at that age, it wouldn't be admissible because if it's they, too young. But because but they, that happened when he was a kid, and it just kept reoccurring, you know, but, it's like oh, he was kind of a coward, or he he uh, it was kind of like wormy because he ratted out the kid. You know, it's just like and that just kind of built the way he was living his life later on down the line. But yeah, but still, as a child, what you're saying is that the child at this point 
doesn't have the full capacity to grow. So you can't take what the kid did. All right. So, but what I'm saying is that fine. You're right. Yeah, he doesn't have the capacity to grow. If he died right there, it wouldn't matter. But because he's Whether, still doing those things from when he no, was a but, kid, yeah, but then, to but then, adulthood, it just it showed that he didn't grow. But they're not using it as examples. They're using those specific situations as part of the judgment, and whether well, or it's not like with any, died, it's like it's what, like with no. any prosecuting case. They're going to use anything they can against but, you. But if it's not, if it's if if it's not, if they don't do ch- kids at all, then they shouldn't do kids, even if they're adults. Now, if he dies the next day after that clip they showed, he wouldn't have to defend it. All of a sudden, he has to defend it. It makes no sense, is what I'm saying. No, no, no I, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, no. let's not pretend that there's some fine print that we have, we were able to read about what's admissible and what isn't. Well, they, uh, he said kids get a free pass. Yes, I so, understand. But right. what I'm saying is there could very well be, you know, the small print that says, well, if you've lived in, you know, uh, at least to this age, it is admissible because then, you have lived that long and when, because you're a kid and you did this and it's it's still affecting your life even as an adult it can now, be used now whether or not the fine print exists what i'm saying is it doesn't make sense the logic's not sound and the other i don't logic, agree i don't agree what well, how, how how can you not agree everything that i've said it five times already the, yeah but, it doesn't make, but what you're saying doesn't make any sense because no, it, it, it makes it's perfect not, sense no it doesn't it, sh- it does no because they're not they're not taking a scene and say okay we're going to show this scene and then show as a, how, as a kid, you did the same thing. So obviously you haven't grown. No, they're taking this one scene as a kid and saying, how come you didn't defend yourself? You were scared. It's like, okay, yeah. And if I was a scared kid and I died a year later, we wouldn't be doing this because I don't have to defend that. So why don't why am I defending it now? Yeah, it was but not, they, you- it's not shown in context to the future. It was only shown as an individual scene he had to defend. So in that context, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, no. If they had done it the right. way you're I, I, about, I can see already that I, I'm gonna. I'll talk to him blue in the face, and we'll we'll just we'll part ways. Uh, let's I'm agree right. to disagree. No, you're not right. I really am. <laughs> you're really not. And the other the other area where the film breaks off in logic, but it's a comedy, so you can forgive it for doing it. Okay. Is is at the end when he finally supposedly overcomes his fear by right. uh, getting out of the bus when he's po- when he's going to reincarnation and She's um, Michelle, Michelle 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 Pfeiffer. Moving Pfeiffer. On. Michelle Pfeiffer, right. No, no, what's her name? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, same thing. When Meryl Streep's moving on, really not. He, he gets out of his bus and, and races after his, her bus, injuring himself and getting shocked because there's an electromagnetic, electromagnetic field around the bus, which makes no sense. Uh, it's just a reason to have him get shocked. <laughs> and they set, it up, they set it up in the first ten minutes of the film, too, just so you know why he's getting shocked at the end. It's good enough and the whole, And that's how he defends his life by you know standing up and overcoming fear. But technically, the reason he does that is out of fear of living without her and missing that opportunity. So technically, fear is driving him. And if the whole point is to overcome fear, then he should have been able to overcome the fear of that and let her go because it was the right thing. I'm not going to argue with that. That That is a good point, but I don't care. Again, I said I said I enjoyed watching the film a yeah. second time. No, no, I know you did. I know you did. But the two uh, major flaws. The first one. Would, no, second what, one. Yes. I'll give. I'll let you have the second one. Well, I, 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 both are right. Whether or not you they're give them the, to me. No, no, no. <laughs> they're not. Uh, 
I wish we could take live calls. I so wish we could take... <laughs> I mean, we can take live calls. Uh, I just wish we uh, we could... Well, never mind. You know what I mean. Anyway. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? I mean, I, it's, yeah. it's, harder, it's harder to review good films. You know? Now, just, here's something I'm going to bring up. And, all right. Uh, backtracking from the end of the film, and this is obviously something, something I wouldn't have thought of 20 years ago. The question hits me at the end. Why are there nine tunnels? Oh, I don't know. Why are there nine tunnels going away when they could have just had, like, two big tunnels or, like, you know, tunnels in different directions or what have you? Why are there nine tunnels leading to different parts, like afterlife and reincarnation? Why? There's got to be a reason. Maybe there's not, but I would like to think there's a reason. I would imagine then, if, if we could talk to Albert Brooks, he probably would... You know, right, I did ha- some have research. An explanation. I, I did some research. I couldn't find any, any 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 mention of it. Now, but also keep in mind, he's also defending nine days. So nine comes up twice. Where else does nine come up? Nine also comes up with nine pies, obviously. Nine pies. Uh, nine <laughs> nine comes up again. Uh, uh, two two other times that I could find specifically. One with the comedian. The comedian's telling a joke uh, where he says, three months ago, six dead people walk in. Three and six is nine. And when he <laughs> buys the BMW, listen to me, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. When he buys the BMW, what does he pay for it? $39,000. Sure. It's just so you get the three and the threes. nine. Yeah. And, and three is a square root of nine. Yeah. And where does three come up again in the film? Three comes up again, you know, with the BMW and the comedians. When he goes, when he's on the bus to Judgment City, there's three billboards they pass to Judgment City. When they first come in the afterlife, people are being wheeled in in uh, rows of three wheelchairs. Judgment City's info channel is channel three. When he's on the bus going to the hotel, the old lady asks him three times if he had a dog. <laughs> there's three coffee tables on the book before he uh, on the uh, table before he talks to Rip Torn. And how what percentage of his brain does he use? Three percent. Yeah. So okay. three. Three, which is a square root of nine, and nine itself have a reoccurring theme throughout the film. Five pops up a couple times, but I can find no reason for that. Also, taking nine, uh, Albert Brooks later did a film called The Muse. Yep. Then and if Sharon you know Stone. Your, right. Yeah. And if you know your mythology, you know that there were nine muses. And I nine don't know comes my up mythology, with, but that's very interesting. If you saw Xanadu, right? Ugh. Yes, nine, you made, nine, you made yeah. me watch it, yes. There's nine muses. You've seen it before I made you watch it. Don't start that. <laughs> you made me rewatch it, you bastard. Right. But there were nine, there were nine muses. There's also nine throughout uh, theology as well. Nine comes up repeatedly. So nine's a number that might or might not have significance in the film for having been put in there. I wonder if... Um... And I don't know how important it is to you, but I bet we can get an answer out of Albert Brooks. Maybe. Uh, I'll ask s- next time s- I see Yeah, sure. Maybe send something his way or even just... Uh, because he's got Twitter, and a lot of times if you tweet you know, these people, they get very uh, interested in your question. It's like, wow, this person... never. No one's ever asked me that before, and I've never explained it. It's kind of like... Uh, you know, if somebody asked the right way about what was in the briefcase in, in Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino, he might tell you. you. You know what I mean? And there's all rumblings mm-hmm. about what is in that briefcase. But um, Nothing. You know, what, Nothing what, what does the Band-Aid on the back of his head mean? 
You know, there was all these these things. It means, you know, the, like, it means the makeup guy wanted want didn't want the mold to distract people. <laughs> Have you heard of you know what those things would be? Because uh, I've heard rumors about what's in the briefcase. I just told uh, you. Huh? I just told you. The reason he has a bandaid on the back of his neck is because the makeup person put it there because he had a mole there, and the mole would have distracted people during the scene. And the bandaid doesn't. Less than the mole. It, it's again, makeup people know what they're doing. There's, it, it's, it, there's a logic to that. Believe me. And there's nothing in the briefcase. I mean, there's not specifically anything in the briefcase. I mean, you could say the soul, that whole thing, but it's really just, it's, it's a MacGuffin. It doesn't matter. Hmm. If right. anything, it's, it's linked more to Kiss Me Deadly. Uh, I believe that's the name of it. Uh, the, the. Um, I know uh, the. The film noir with the with the plutonium in the briefcase. That thing. Yeah, they they have which, uh, they have videos. Uh, videos what? online of like scene for scene of from like odes that he took from other films that he put in in oh, uh, sure. Pulp yeah. Fiction and whatnot. Uh, the briefcase is a biggie, from uh, like you said. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, um, yeah, that's very interesting about the threes and the nines and the uh, the square root of three is nine and blah blah blah. Um, I never noticed that before. Where did did you find that doing research or did something? That no, it just noticed? occurred to me. Just occurred to me. It's just the way I think. <laughs> I don't think well, and, that way when I watch this film. I just, I just, it sit back and I enjoy it. Well, again, I mean, the, the the it's obvious watching the film if you look into it that there's again, I mean, just the whole thing with his father, that whole comedian thing, right? Oh, excuse me, and the uh, and the spirituality that's going on there, and the whole thing. I mean, there's obviously more to it than Brooks is letting on on the surface because again, he's a very subtle writer. And so when I saw the nine tunnels at the end, it just kind of hit me. Why the hell are there nine tunnels? It doesn't really make any sense. And then that just backtracked everything else. So I, I'm tweeting him right now. We'll find out. That'd be neat. Um, anything else to add? Bad? No, I didn't really. No, anything, anything bad. else to to add? Oh, um, kind of exhausted most of it. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's charming film. It's not you know it's not a great. I think film. I, I, it is a great film. It's not great. It's, no, it's, it's great. No, no it's, it's good. Great. No, it's great. I would not say great. I would no, not say great. It, it's it's great. No, if they didn't script the whole kid thing, then it'd be great. No, no, no. It's and stop it with that. That's right. <laughs> that nobody wants to hear it. Um I, I think it's a film that everyone should should see. And you know, obviously what we do here, uh, you make your own opinion about it. You know, that's what we recommend always. Um Yeah, as but, long as you agree with mine. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's rated right now 7.2 on IMDb. And I know we're going to fight about the score. Not that I'm going to give it a, a 10 or anything. But I think 7... 7... I, it, it's 7.2. I personally would give it an 8. I, lo uh, I love the film that much. I'm okay with 7. And again, if we could go right in the middle, seven five, I'd, I'd be fine with that too. But I think seven's low. I, I don't think seven's low at all. I think there's a lot of great films at seven. No, I, I think this needs to be an eight. For eight, it'd have to be a bit smarter. I, I think it's charming enough. I think it is smart. Charming. And I think your your dude your complaint about the kids is wrong. All right, you're talking to the person that didn't want you to challenge me in the first place. So I've come around the long way from that. <laughs> G give me, give me the seven. I, I just feel oh, it's, it's not. 
I, I just I don't feel comfortable with the seven. Seven's a really good number. It's two more than five. Have we ever given anything an eight? I don't know. I'm sure we have. I don't think we have. I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think we should start precedence with this. I don't think it's eight worthy. <laughs> I think it is. Listen, I'll tell you what. Don't rate it in front of me, because <laughs> it's the only way I'll be. Uh, I won't be uh, annoyed that it got a seven from us. All right. So, do you have a challenge for me, good sir? Yes. And what is your connection? It was going to be the theme of uh, afterlife. Okay. But but my, our listeners swayed me, and I'm going to go with. Uh, oh no. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with uh, Rip Torn as the link. And it's gonna be Beastmaster, isn't yeah, it? We're doing Beastmaster. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. The fucking who who did that one? Was that Don Cicerelli? That was uh, the guy Chris. that did Bubba Hotep. Same director. Oh, the director. I I don't. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Megaforce uh, did not get an eight. Just to underline for all of our listeners, Megaforce did not get an eight. <laughs> Why would it ever? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh man, Beastmaster, huh? I haven't I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. Now they killed I, that fucking tiger, by the way. Good. Too many what do you mean tigers. good? The da- tigers are dangerous. Yeah, when you spray paint them black, they die. Don Coscarelli. Coscarelli. No, it was Chris. It was, it was Chris. Yes. Yes, I directed that. And he's already... No, other Chris. What other Chris? Wolner. Well, Our guest did, for Megaforce. Yeah, yes. Our guest Cri- viewer, no, yes. no, no, no. I was talking about the director, not who recommended it. Oh, then you, what you're doing, Bush in the voice. Then what I the know, hell? Chris. I, <laughs> because How am I supposed to... I don't know. Seriously. I, I know Chris Wolner. Because kids get I, a free I, pass. Kids get a free fucking pass. That's right. Uh, no, I know that uh, he had an influence on you because I, I I've been seeing his uh, Facebook posts. Oh, okay. So. Fine. Yeah. Oh man, there's two ferrets in that movie. Fucking tiger. Ferrets. A, a hawk. And those creepy, the creepy things. But oh, let's, let's not spoil it. Let's not we'll spoil it. He makes hawk noises. Yeah. <laughs> Best movie ever. I watched I that fucking, every time it was on HBO as a kid. I fucking loved that movie when I was a kid. So it's official? John Amos and loincloths. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Surprised he didn't so trip over himself. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll go ahead and rate that a seven. James! I told you not to tell me you're doing that. I don't want to know about it. It's at a 7.2. Seven I'm, I'm too exhausted seven. to fight with you for forever. It's going to be forever. It's going to be a 48-hour show. You know what the, the highest rating? You know what the, uh, the, the, the most... Ratings common? they got the most common, yeah, seven. Is it seven? Twenty-five percent. Well, I yep. mean, it's at seven point two, so that makes sense. Yeah. Well, no, not, it could be the other way around, though. It doesn't have to make sense. Uh, highest rating uh, demographic: females under eighteen, of course. Really? Yep. Lowest rated demographic: males under eighteen. Because it's a rom com. Right. They only use 
three to five percent of their brain too. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So yeah, uh, I, I know I was a bit down on your choice for this as a, as a uh, challenge, but I, it proved to be uh, better philosoph- than you were expecting. I mean, it, pro- it proved to be uh, intellectually and philosophically stimulating to me, Ooh. and was and it still had some funny parts. Yes, lots of funny parts. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm gonna take a piss. Take a piss. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, what is that? That looks like worms. Oh, you're gonna vomit. Oh, you're you're gonna throw up. See, you're bringing up all the like the weak comedy of the film. Those are the little parts that I, for whatever reason, as a kid, I really liked. Mm-hmm. You know, and don't get me wrong, there are other more funny parts. I like the film entirely. But those are the little ones that that I remember the most as a kid. Were those those little parts like that? Like I'm gonna mm-hmm. take a piss, and oh, sure. you're gonna you're gonna throw up. It tastes like horse shit, doesn't it? You know things like that. I don't know why, but it just did. Anyway, all right. Anyway, so so your challenge to me is Beastmaster. Yes. Um, now I, I am leaving for uh, my residency at the university next week. However, I am told that they have improved internet there, and Thursday night there might not be anything going on. I don't know, but I might be able to record a short episode that night if I'm able to get connection. Well, let's put it this way then. How about we don't record Beastmaster? We'll just record a short episode and just shoot the shit. Okay. I mean, just because to do a full review on a maybe internet, I can see... If we lost that episode or it didn't turn so, out as, as well, I'd rather it be just us, you know, rambling about nothing. The only other option is is we do uh, Beastmaster like next Wednesday, or we just wait till I get back. But so so the Beastmaster review may not be for a couple weeks. Okay. That just just a disclaimer to the uh, listening audience. That's all right. I'm behind in uh, posting our episodes anyway, so it, it'll uh-huh. be by like the time a- they hear this, we'll already have the Beastmaster episode out, so that should be fine. Probably. Or they... uh, No, no, I actually plan on posting all... The two backlogged plus this one tomorrow morning. Okay. So everyone's going to get three new episodes tomorrow morning. Yay! Okay, and that's for both shows. So there's six episodes that people are getting tomorrow morning. Cool, all right. So that should keep people busy even if we, uh, you know, are gone for a couple of weeks. Right. Because it'll take them at least that long to catch up, so... All right. All right. All right, let's go ahead and end this shit. This has been Movie Sucktastic, episode number... One, three... Eight. Eight. Wow, very good. Look Thank at that. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm getting text messages left and right. What's going on? Can you bring up my cell phone? It's charging. Thanks. I love you. Oh, that was from me. That was from Scott. <laughs> anyway, all right, everybody. Um, please go to our website at moviesucktastic.com and download all of our shows there. You can f- It's essentially the hub for everything that is Movie Sucktastic. You can get to iTunes from there. You can download our shows there. You can listen to them there. You can leave us reviews. We always appreciate that. 
going back to our site. You can watch the show live from there, or you can go to livestream.com slash moviesucktastic. You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. You can email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. You can go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. You can also just do a plain old search in your favorite search engine for Movie Sucktastic, and we will show up everywhere. That's probably the best way to do it. Uh-huh. And, Google. uh huh. And Google, the Google. I like to look at pictures of my ranch on the Google. Um. <laughs> Not Mozilla Firefox. Well, those are web browsers. True. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, take it in, man. <laughs> um, any parting uh, words of wisdom? No. No. Okay. I got Let's, nothing. You got nothing? Kind of tastes like horse shit, doesn't it? All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Or take not. We got to take a piss. Oh, take you're going to vomit. All right. Talk to you later. Oh, oh. Bye. Oh, really? Ha ha ha!